You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Five letters here, just for everybody out there in Packerland and yourself today. R E L. A X. Relax. We're going to be okay. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast, where we provide you with your weekly diagnosis of everything fantasy football. Whether it's season long leagues, dynasty, DFS, or even IDP, we got you covered all season long. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get to it. What's going on, y'all? Welcome to the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast. I'm your host, John June also known as JR Football Nerd on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, could also follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at FF Diagnostics. Guys, welcome to episode 58 of the Fantasy Football Diagnostics podcast. Today we're going to go over our cell candidates. Uh, I know it's been about two weeks since I was on the pod. The last time we talked about the free agency primer and the buy low candidates. If you haven't heard those, go back and listen to them um, in the feed. But you know, I promise it was all worth it. Uh, you know, the time the time I took off, I was like I, I talked a little bit about on Twitter and and a little bit on here. I um, you know I've been working on a prospect model for dynasty specifically for dynasty football uh, to you know kind of help target who these top rookies are coming into this rookie class, and I've just about worked on it or you know fine tuned fine tuned. Uh, quarterback run uh, running back and wide receivers so you know we'll be using incorporating that as part of the process it's not you know the process it's just a part of the process um kind of see who who the the model likes based on data uh, and try to form an opinion there right because right that's all we could that's all we can do is just take all the information that we have um and just form an opinion so um definitely going to talk more about that at the end of this episode but as you, as I mentioned, we're here for the cell candidates, right? And, you know, initially when I was titling this episode, uh, I wanted it to be the sell high to contrast, obviously the buy low, you know, because last time we did talk about guys you should be buying low on and some of those guys were maybe a bit younger or may have had a bad year um, and you could use that as potential leverage to gain value in a trade, right? So that's what we're targeting when we're doing the buy low. And so obviously, you know, buy low, opposite of that is sell high. But, you know, not all the guys here, you know, are necessarily selling, we're selling high on, right? We're, you know, if we're talking dynasty leagues, um, then, you know, maybe you might be trying to get out for a bunch of different reasons. Um, so some of the guys you may hear me talk about today, then maybe they're a little bit older or they might be coming off of big years that may be hard to replicate, or could be just simply be that the value is an all-time high, and you know you want to be able to get an exceptional return. And so, um, you know, this isn't for everybody. Uh, you know, I I genuinely believe in obviously in dynasty leagues. Um, you know, everyone thinks you want to run it like an NFL team, but in rea- actuality, some NFL teams aren't trying to win every year. Um, in a dynasty league, I'm trying to win every year, right? Because, you know, when the NFL teams lose on on Sundays and, 
you know, go three and thirteen, like guess what? The owner still made money. If if we lose in Dynasty, we're not making any money. So um, we got to try to get as much of a return on our monetary investment as we can. And now, if you're playing for free, which you know I know some people may do that, but you know maybe your league um, has that some other form of incentive. But you know then obviously you you, ha- you can afford to take the long term goal. But I'm a competitor. I want to win regardless of whether it's free or not free or whatever. Right. So uh, if you're like that, then you know this applies to you as well. So. Um, but I know we always want to take like a future out an outward look in toward terms of the future and trying to build a, a legitimate franchise here. But, um, you know, you got to pl- be able to plan for these, some of these things, right? If a player's getting older, um, then you got to be able to, to backstock the position behind that player so that, you know, uh, parting from them when the time is right is, 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 is um, is feasible, right? So let me, before I get into any more detail, let's just jump right into it. Um, not going to, just going to give one guy at each position because, um, you know, I'm not, I don't want to go around telling everybody to sell all their rosters. So um, first up, we've got the quarterback position and <clears throat> that's right. I'm going to start with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I know I'll probably catch some flack for this because I, uh, I, I, pretty much declared Aaron Rodgers dead in like week two or week three. And he um, went out on Thursday night football and finishes the QB one. So um, I'll catch some flack for this, but uh, I'm going to stick to my guns here. Um, Aaron Rodgers is currently going off the board as the QB 10 and he's 36 years old guys. So, you know, he's pretty, pretty um, up there in terms of quarterback age. But when you consider the guys that, you know, guys like Drew Brees, guys like Tom Brady, they're going QB 20, QB 32, respectively. Um, you know, you're getting a significant discount on those guys compared to a guy like Aaron Rodgers. Um, and the thing about this situation is, you know, he's 36 years old. And so I naturally, I want to try to get, you know, subscribe to the Belichick model of, of, uh, building an organization is I want to get out a year too early as opposed to get out a year too late. And so, you know, kind of like what I was alluding to before, you want to be able to prepare for the departure of aging players a year or so in advance. Meaning, so if you knew that Aaron Rodgers, you had an Aaron Rodgers on your team, uh, you knew you were, you know, this probably this time was coming. He was getting up there in age. That means you should have been the last two years trying to find, you know, your, I guess, essential predecessor for your for your dynasty football team as crazy as it may sound but um you know we gotta start thinking like that and if we're playing dynasty that's the way we should we should be thinking about it um you know you know if you're playing multiple leagues it's probably a little bit harder to keep track of but you know if you got that one league that one baby of yours then you got to be able to 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 handle it with that kind of level attention and detail um but you know so back to what i was saying in terms of rogers um, in standard quarterback scoring weeks one through 16, Rodgers finishes the QB 11. This included four top three QB finishes with just five games as a top 12 quarterback. And in those are remaining 11, 11 games, Aaron Rodgers finished in the bottom 19. So guys, basically that means 25% of the time he was great and probably won you a week. But in nearly 70% of the, t- of, of the games that he played or that you started him, it's uh he was he was basically killing you right 
He was outside the bottom, you know, basically a bottom 20 quarterback 11 weeks out of the 16 weeks, right? I think it's no longer Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. It's probably time to move on. So, um, but make sure the price is right. Again, you know, sell to a, you could sell to a, um, to a team that thinks they're a quarterback away or something like that. Maybe you get a first or a second round pick in, a, in you know, in the upcoming rookie draft, which could potentially be a lot. But um, only do this if you have a plan behind Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, right? Um, next up, a guy I'm probably going to catch another, a bunch of flack for too, but Derrick Henry, <laughs> um, that running back position, it's going to be Derrick Henry. He's my sole candidate. And I know what you're thinking. He was my bust during preseason, and I even recommended trading him at some point during the season. And boy, did I definitely turn out to be wrong. But the process was right for the most part, I will say that. Um, where I was wrong, where I, where I did fall short, was in assuming that Ryan Tannehill could not be that much better than Marcus Mariota and that he wouldn't necessarily upgrade uh, the Der- He wouldn't upgrade the, the Titans' offense to the point where uh, Derrick Henry wouldn't fall victim to negative game script as he had done. Um, Tannehill was able to do that in his first uh, you know, partial season as the starter for Tennessee. And so that's my bad. So next time I'll be sure to reassess the situation a bit better than that. But in all seriousness, I'm, I'm, I'm serious about selling Derrick Henry. He's currently going off the board as RB8. Um, last year, Derrick Henry had 303 carries, 18 receptions on 24 targets. And so if I look back, if you look back since 2015, only seven more, only seven players had more than 225 carries and less than 25 targets, with four of these instances happening this year. And of these seven instances, which you know running back had more than 225 carries but less than 25 targets, only twice did, a, did the player finish in the top 10 of running backs. Uh, Derrick Henry, obviously, he finished as the as the RB two last year, and the other one was Legarrette Blunt, who finished as the RB seven in twenty sixteen for the Patriots, and that was when he scored eighteen touchdowns, if you remember that season. But uh, Derrick Henry also scored eighteen touchdowns this year. But the Pats that season in two thousand sixteen were fourteen and two, while the Titans finished nine and seven this year. And as we saw in games in which the Titans lost or fell victim to negative game script. Derrick Henry is phased out of the offense. So, actually, if you look at the splits, Titans wins versus Titans losses, in Titans wins, Derrick Henry averages a 71% snap share, 22 carries, 129 yards, and 1.4 touchdowns. In Titans losses, Derrick Henry averages a 55% snap share, 63.5 rushing yards, and 0.8 touchdowns, so less than a touchdown. Uh, the biggest problem aside from the dip in snap share is that he averages about one pass target in Titans wins, but that number only only raises to two tar- pass targets in Titans losses. So he's basically game script dependent, and he's coming off his coming off his best season. And in case you're wondering about the Titans win total next year, Action Network currently has the Titans over, win over unders at, at set at eight and a half. So I think right now will be the best time to sell. Next up at the wide receiver position, we've got another big name, um, Julio Jones. I know this one probably brings some pain to your heart. And this one is a bit tough because Julio's price tag necessarily isn't that high. He's currently going off the board as wide receiver 15. Um, So when you consider the fact that he finished as wide receiver 4 weeks 1 through 16, 
you know, you're, you think that you're getting a significant discount. But for me, this one's about age. Julio's already 31 years old, and he's, you know, always he's constantly dealt with lower lower uh, extremity injuries in terms of his ankles and his his feet, his hamstrings, knees, things of of that nature. So uh, when you consider his injury history and you consider the fact that even although he finished wide receiver four last year, weeks one through 16, that if you consider the weeks one through nine, when both Calvin Ridley and Austin Hooper were healthy and in the lineup, he was wide receiver 11 and his target share spiked from 22% to 33% in games without those two. And this could be the last time to sell high on a player with the name of Julio Jones. You could approach this a couple ways. You could sell them for draft picks or to a team in your league that that was in the finals or nearly just missed out, and maybe they feel like they're a player away and you know they they want to make a run now. Or the other approach would probably be to trade them as part of a package, but in return, maybe you're getting a running back. Um, maybe you could get like a Leonard Fournette and a younger player at wide receiver, um, or maybe even taking a slight downgrade at wide receiver uh, and upgrading at running back or getting a running back if you need depth at that position or maybe trading for you know uh, as part of package for that includes a quarterback um you know whatever whatever of those things that you need to do but obviously you want to be win now as i mentioned before but you have to prepare for an advance for these kinds of things to happen so hopefully you might have some replacements in-house or maybe you trade for multiple picks in this draft class, which is loaded at the wide receiver position with some guys who might actually be able to contribute now. And then lastly, we have an aging tight end. And I went back and forth about putting Kelsey and Ertz on this list, but the presence of Mahomes and Andy Reid, along with the nature and volatility of the night of the tight end position, make me want to hold tight to Kelsey, even if it means he'll retire on me, especially when you have guys nowadays retiring at even younger ages than we could have ever imagined you know Rob Gronkowski retired before he before he turned 30 uh, Luke Keekley just retired at 30 years old Andrew Luck in the summer retired at you know just over 30 years old so we've seen more and more guys do it uh, especially when you consider a guy like Travis Kelsey who, who just won a ring and Zach Ertz who's also won a ring as well so um, you know the thing with Ertz is that Although he's slightly younger than Kelsey, at 29, he's dealt with a few more injuries in Philadelphia, uh, and the Eagles prepared for his departure for quite some time with the drafting of Dallas Goddard. So um, the writing has kind of been on the wall. I know they restructured his contract um, last year, so that might make an exit from him for the Eagles a little bit difficult, but um, if you have Goddard or another tight end waiting in the wings, then you might be able to get a decent return um, on Ertz from a team that's desperate at the tight end position. Um, you know, Ertz is currently going off the board as tight end five, finished last year as a tight end three. Um, but if you owned Ertz, you were very frustrated for most of that season. Um, so you're probably planning to move on from him anyway. Uh, maybe you can secure the tight end position um, beforehand, maybe, draft, maybe trading for a guy like Tyler Higby, like we talked about, or trading for... Um, you know, another tight end, and then potentially flipping Zach Ertz after after the draft or um, during the draft or something like that. Um, so that's that's all I have for the sell candidates. But um, like I was talking about before, I'm, I'm really excited about this model. I'm really excited about um, what I've been able to do with it. 
Um, so I, I hope you guys watched the combine. I know that I definitely did. Um, There's definitely a lot of uh, a lot of stars out there this weekend. Um, you know Henry Ruggs running four two seven in the forty yard dash. That's uh, five tenths of a second or uh, five hundredths of a second rather off of the uh, combine record set by John Ross of four two two. That was impressive. Obviously, I don't know if you guys watched. Uh, I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you guys have seen C.D. Lamb play for the University of Water Seer out of the University of Oklahoma. Um, you know, if you've seen him play, he's he's definitely a good ball player. But um, you know, and he's not overly impressive in terms of his his height, size, um, and his weight. You know, or his measurables even. You know, he was like six one, um, almost six two, 198 pounds. Ran four five one in the 40 or 4.5 flat, something like that. Uh, had a 35 and a half inch vert. So, you know, all, you know, relatively, no, you know, nothing mind-blowing. It wasn't like a DK Metcalf type performance or something like that. But just watching this guy go through go through drills, um, watching him catch the football, it's just everything he does is so smooth. Um, you know, I think he's the number, he would be my number one receiver. But um, that's kind of, you know, a little tease what we were, that we were talking about earlier. Um I'm going to be revealing the my initial rookie rankings for the upcoming rookie class. So I'll be going through, you know, the, the wide receiver position, going through the running back position, going through the quarterback position. I'll even do the tight ends as well. Um, and, you know, maybe I'll do my top five IDPs. I don't know. We we'll, we'll might check, check about that because, you know, if there's a demand for the IDPs, you know, I'm into that. Always love it. Um, so I, I don't know if you saw Isaiah Simmons this weekend. He worked out with the linebackers. Um, but this dude could play safety if he wanted to. I think he should play safety. I think he'd be a better safe than a linebacker, actually. Um, but that's just my opinion. But he's 6'4", 238 pounds. He ran 4'3", 9". Um, he's got freakishly long arms. He played all over the Clemson defense as a linebacker, as a safety, as a slot corner, as an edge rusher. Uh, the guy's an absolute freak of nature. So um, definitely going to be talking about that on here. I can't can't help myself but to do it. Love football. You guys obviously know that. Um, but I'm excited to talk about the rankings of the rookie draft class, get to incorporate um, not just some of the studying, the film study that I've put in, but also the um, also what the model has to say. So so we'll, we'll debate that on here, we'll discuss that. I'll reveal the top five at each position. Um, but definitely looking forward to that. If you guys, um, again, if you hadn't heard the free agency primer or heard the buy low candidates, that was a two-part episode actually with the buy low candidates. So you could go back into the archives, listen to that. Um, but I hope you enjoyed this one. Hope you enjoy all the episodes that we that we've done, and, um, all the the ones that we'll continue to be recording. So um, again, appreciate every single one of you guys for taking the time to listen. And also, if you guys could just leave us a rate and review, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, if you could hit subscribe, follow, um, whatever it is that you can do to support the show, we would definitely appreciate that. Um, but yes, again, thanks for, thank you for listening. Uh, hope you enjoyed it, and we are out.